Hey listeners, uh, I know a lot of you are not familiar with our high voltage playlist that we recently launched and continue to update every month on our Spotify uh, based on the fact that music is a, a very much a fundamental column that holds up a lot of the creative types I speak to on this show. I think it'll bring a lot of good vibes into anyone who enjoys uh, Synthwave. If not, that's cool. Um, but if you're into any of its other related electronical musical genres and, and such, I think it will hit even harder. Uh, go to Spotify, search uh, High Voltage, should pop right up. Uh, thanks for continuing to consume our content and enjoy the rest of this episode. show it's max here and i'm with allison buchanan thanks for coming on thank you for having me so, allison you've got uh, an incredible social media presence i think anybody that's not hasn't really been exposed to allison's work uh, combination neon lights studio dogs uh, <laughs> rental space i am just fascinated by the amount of effort and and just general idea and and, and conversation space that you put out there you know within your work, you operate a, a studio called Radiant Neon out in Seattle, uh, making, inviting, bringing other people in, uh, really incredible stuff and offering the studio space that you have. Uh, I always get into it right away. What was the callus for you entering Neon? Like go back, where was it that you kind of thought where, kind of what sparked your interest and kind of really catapulted to you where you are now? Sure. I would definitely call it a catapult. That's for sure. It's sort of a long story, so I'll try to abbreviate it a little bit. I, like you said, I'm here in Seattle and I've always loved neon. I'm originally from the Portland area. And so being in the Portland area with the giant made in Oregon sign, and now I think it says made in Portland or, and then being here at the market where it's just a huge hub for neon. I've just always been fascinated by it. And I actually, for a long time, was working full-time with individual artists and helping them accomplish things that would keep them from making their artwork. So I spent a lot of time with artists and really understood the plight that they have in this world as trying to make a living as an artist. And so I've been a huge supporter of the arts for basically my whole life. And I went to grad school to get an MFA in arts leadership to continue to help artists even further. And because of that, I gained this amazing arts network here in Seattle and through, oddly enough, another artist in my co-working space, I just happened to ask if anybody knew of any neon classes or woodworking classes or drawing classes. All of those common things, except for neon, is not a very common class these days. And so one of the people in my co-working space, well, yeah, my, my friend is opening a neon school uh, next year. And it was just very fortuitous. All of these little things pushing me, like I said, catapulting me toward finding a way to make neon. And so one of your previous guests was Dylan of Western Neon, and I was able to be in their first class in 2018. And the first tube I put in that fire, I knew that, that this was the medium I'd been looking for. Again, I've been working with artists for so long, I was just honestly waiting for that medium to strike, and it did. It caught me with a vengeance. And 
that's what brings me to today. I try to learn from as many people who would be willing to teach me. I have some amazing new friends and colleagues because of Neon. And so many people have been so giving with their time and knowledge. And I'm so grateful and indebted to so many amazing Neon people because of that. So I kind of want to make those people proud and show them that I'm passionate about this with what I'm doing. And it's kind of like you're finding your way to like the story that grabs my attention throughout all of what you just said is that as I scroll through all those different things, like the, the ever playing game of like, what should I do? What should I focus on? Um, you know, just kind of throwing yourself at that chance between you know, attending the class, whether you're like it or not, I think we'll, we, everyone lives in this world of an obnoxious amounts of information that gets thrown at us, <laughs> okay. whether on the phone or consuming it. And it takes a really strong focus to really make your, your own time. We live in a completely on-demand culture. And I like that you're able to recognize that, you know, it's completely changed. Anything can happen. When I want something to happen, you know, you just can go and, and, and kind of consume and taste those different things. Whereas artists have a lot of I guess you could say somebody told me this and this is not for me or all these things not to do what it is. But I love how Neon sort of changed the reason why you kind of, it kind of snapped things into focus as a new way of storytelling. No, go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. I definitely was looking for that thing. I was, I was seeking the opportunity and I, I was inviting it in so many ways. And so that's why when it presented itself, I was ready to just, like I said, catapult right on into it. And it's just been amazing. And so many people are really in looking for that. How did you develop the idea to now go and sort of obviously start your own studio? Was it an easy conversation to have? I mean, probably pre-corona, everybody has something <laughs> they're dealing with right now, sitting at home, having time on their hands. But yeah. when you were kind of in the middle of doing all of that, was it really kind of an easy transition for you to say, okay, what else is there? Or did kind of somebody kind of push you in that direction? I think that's a really good question. And I, I've actually gotten that a few times. In part, I just know myself really well. I, I've taken a lot of my life and sort of said, okay, today I'm going to try this. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. And I kind of approach things with a ticket off my list if it's not what I want to do, rather than trying to make a list of things I want to do it really helps you narrow your focus and your, your goals and really, really hone those things that when they come to you and you go, oh, I really connect to this idea or, or medium or what have you, you kind of already know that all of the other fringe things definitely aren't what you want to do. So you should follow that thing that you want to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. And I think the punchline here is that there's so many people who are trying to make tremendous efforts in bending glass. And I enjoy that. I think it's very important to understand what goes on the reactionary materials that happens when you do go into those flames. My evaluation situation is that under the quite similar constraints that you've had and considering the room and the space and the kind of the way you've been able to tell your story is that you're now presenting the same opportunities for other artists that want to get into this. Is that mm -hmm. right? Very much so. Mm-hmm. And so it really is awesome, the same kind of fireworks that kind of went off in your head. Uh, you've now been able to help other artists introduce themselves with Radiant Neon, this community-focused space where people can come and rent affordably and practice neon. Uh, what is it like to see 
those concepts so personal to you brought about now in other people's work? Mm. I, I really hold it so near and dear to me. I actually, one of the things that I really loved about learning neon was realizing how much work it takes to improve. And it just honestly takes time time standing in that fire and practicing and forcing yourself to just keep learning over and over again. And that was a major thing that was sort of missing for us right now in our region is there's an excellent place to learn, but there's really no place for a lot of us to practice. And so that's what I've been offering. And I've had so many people who it just, it's just been amazing. I've had a lot of women and a lot of people of color who've been able to come in and utilize my services, which is one of my own personal goals. And being able to see them go from struggling to talking through it with them, it just really, really helps me feel, it's, it's hard to describe. It's one of those intangible feelings that it's just so exciting to know that the work I've been putting in really is paying off for others too. And yeah, I'm, I can't tell I'm really passionate about it. So Yeah. Well, I think, you know, um, a good friend of the show, Shauna Peterson, she brought up something interesting, mm. which was at one point, a lot of shops were combinations of vendors, meaning the larger majority of these groups were really because of the demand and the supply and the level of expectation around work. They naturally were working together. It's only sort mm. of, you know, as time has gone on, we've sort of seen the sort of self-isolation and it's important to talk about this because what's happening now, you know, not only just around the world, but to artists is that they're now having to spend a lot of time in kind of more isolated territories mm-hmm. than they probably might normally have been in. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea of giving back in the context of well, what is, what is really good what is a better way to be doing this and how can I start small and build up from there? Mm-hmm. I know there's a tremendous amount of impact you've had, um, maybe unknowingly, being able to be practical about the value and the difference between just creating a blockbuster piece and then being able to uh, develop a piece of, of, I guess, edutainment content <laughs> and create a, a kind of an incentivized reason to want to spend time in a studio rather than just I've got to be in there to get shit done. Because mm-hmm. I I think that if you associate with a lot of other artists, they'll start to surprise and delight you along the way. They'll teach you things. And I think on a smaller scale, it's probably done a tremendous amount of good, not just in kind of the ability to kind of, you know, bring about attention to what you do, but in the creativity, the bottom line is um, we can only get better if we work together. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So I think too many people push it too far. Like, I'm the one who's got to do it. I've got to be the person who's creating the art. And I think out of respect to the business, I think that it's, it's a better, uh, behind the creativity, there's always a number of people to be able to do mm-hmm. that work. And I think something should happen. And I think you've built that, especially with Radiant. There's been a, there's a really strong intent and a simple way of doing to kind of inform people. And I learn something every time you drop one of your posts. It was a, a big winner or a risk, or a loss. It, it really is just testing and making things, and that's a really wonderful place to be operating from. So I, I just wanted to bring that out and let you know that I, I really appreciate that. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, and as, as at any time, I think, uh, what is it, you know, at this early 
kind of phase? What are your current priorities now? Is it kind of, uh, you know, now that you've kind of had time to reflect at the end where you're at and what's going mm-hmm. on, do you, do you look at the space more fo- in more of a spoke focused way? You know, is there anything that you're working on uh, that's coming together for you and maybe thinking about mm-hmm. what happens when the space opens again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I definitely come back to some things I was sharing online this week about how this whole experience for me is just about progress. I literally, upon getting as much training as I possibly could from as many people as possible, then had to apply it and do it myself. And so I realized that a lot of people will, well, everyone's story is different. So But some of the stories that I've heard are people would go and apprentice at a studio, which in a place where they would start by being at the pump for a long time. So learn how to, how to pump pieces, how to manage the, all the equipment, how to learn, excuse me, how to fix anything that goes wrong. And then you get to graduate into glass bending or, or what have you. And so I realized I dove into everything all at once. So glass bending, troubleshooting, space management, people management, commission management. And so every single one of those categories is a full-time job in of itself. And so I just feel like being able to sort of be divided for a while has been really helpful because I've been pushing a lot of things forward a little bit at a time. But now I really do want to pull back a little bit and try to refocus on my own work and my own body of work because that is the thing that usually suffers. And And the same for most artists creating is all the admin gets in the way and then making your work is the thing that often suffers. So that's one of the things that I want to focus on. And then again, back to the community focus, really, really expanding my space, offering more tabletops for rental. Um, And hopefully in the future, I do want to do some smaller workshops and things that will help others keep learning. Cause I'm really, really passionate about sharing the knowledge of this medium it's a medium that kind of keeps flip-flopping between secretive and open and back and forth. And I really want to be a hub for helping keep that information and share it and really help people learn. Cause I would love to see more people actually step into this medium and learn how to do it well. And that's one of my sort of secret goals for the other people, depending on their motivation too, obviously. And that, that's a community thing as I move forward. And what I heard too, which is really fascinating, is that you were you know, working on all these different um, topics in Neon. Uh, what I really love about that is you were talking about how one day, okay, you get to pump and maybe one day you get in the fires and someone just sort of taps you on the shoulder. I think it's even better if you get thrown into all of that and then you figure out which one you like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe you don't like it as much as you thought, but you really yeah. love pumping. Or maybe you really don't like processing, but you really love, um, you know, whatever. It, it, the idea behind that is that it's quickly taste, forget about the other options, and then produce the thing that makes you the most happiest. Mm-hmm. It's got to make it's practically free to be able to go in there and just start doing what you naturally comes to you. Of course, you need to understand the basics. And I think that's where you come in. But really, can at the end of the day, is that so many people waste time thinking about they might not be able to do that mm-hmm. but in reality the only thing that's really kind of creating or, or creating that that frequency is really their own kind of resistance mm-hmm. and i think it you know if the starting point could really be 
you know, where do you really see yourself at? And being able to transition to those stations quicker, quicker mm-hmm. is almost even better than here's this giant course that you have to kind of trudge through and you might not make through it all, or you just would kind of break down in the middle of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, as that time evolves and you build yourself up, I think it's a quicker way to discover what your real passion is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a hack to success. It's like quickly getting around the content that might stop you and just finding out you just produce really well under these, these constraints. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think that chopping that up and like you said, there's kind of like, it does kind of bob between, I like what you've done. You've kind of pulled back and just said, here, here's all the tools I have. Um, This is the space I have. And this is the time frame you have that I'm going to be able to give you Um, go for it, you know? Um, and also your, your work too, your personal work too, to kind of Bob and me at the moment you're focused on body positivity, which mm-hmm. is so personal for so many people. Mm-hmm. How has it been to make work like that and, and help and kind of what's the response been that you've been able to mm-hmm. see either online or in person formally? It's honestly been a deep relief for me to be able to use this particular medium it's, it's again, one of those kind of intangible feelings of there's something about literally illuminating the frustration or fear or reflection about body positivity that feels so powerful and honestly so cathartic for me as a creator. I, I spend a lot of time in my work kind of hashing out baggage from family or the ways in which women specifically have all these expectations to be a certain way. And honestly, just for me, the body positivity is is all about rejecting the toxicity that can come from the idea that there's a single ideal feminine form. But really for me, it's about embracing the beauty that everybody is different and that's what makes everybody perfect. And so I express those in different ways. My, my first large piece kind of in this realm is currently at the Loveland Museum with She-Benz. Shout out She-Benz, love you all. And <laughs> yeah, so it's, and it says shut up and eat your meat. And it's this saying from when I was growing up and it's it sort of morphed into new meaning because for my family, it kind of held this weird, it's hard to describe, but it was both this, your body is never gonna be perfect, but keep eating that meat kind of a joke that kind of brought us together. And mm-hmm. now uh, my husband and I have been vegan for more than nine years. And so it's sort of taken on more meaning and more sort of almost weight for how that phrase connects my family and how I relate to them. And um, I mean, other, and then other things I can say about that is I have a deeply reflective piece that I had that I just finished um, a few months ago and it it's just text and it reads I feel better naked and I feel like it's kind of my victory chant to the world to say it's okay everyone is their body is perfect and I honestly feel more comfortable that way because not everyone can find things that make them feel comfortable but you should feel comfortable in your body and that's that's one of the main focuses that I have um, I kind of have a third work if that I've been was preparing for the Light Bodies show. So shout out Light Bodies and Laura down in Oakland um, that got canceled because of this current pandemic. So it's for the best for sure. And I was creating this, I kind of call, crudely calling it a side boob wall. 
And the truth is making neon boobs is not new. I'm not, <laughs> there's no, there's not any kind of revolution with that necessarily. But, it, but again, back to that catharsis for myself, just making some freehand shapes and making them in different sizes and shapes and colors just really kind of allowed me to take back some of that weird sexuality that's placed on women, but they're also sort of seen as less than because their body's not perfect, but maybe their boobs are cool. And so for me, it's this really, really cathartic way to sort of take back the female form and show that it's beautiful no matter what. And I think too, in that the documenting don't create process is really, um, I think it's great that, you know, you allowed to be, you really put yourself out there just to tell the world what's going on with you and your journey, like outlining that vision and describing the thoughts and the ideas. Cause there's a lot of anxiety there. I think that's going to help a lot of people what you just said, even if you don't have those personal issues that are kind of at you, I think those, those can, you know, kind of said is that's so important. Allow you to record that and put it in neon. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yes, it's a really, it's a really, you know, strong statement. And uh, it trips me a lot of people up, you know, especially when it comes to those things. I always, you know, the biggest, hardest things are the things that you probably don't always get a chance to say. Art's great at that. You know, it can really mm-hmm. help you kind of work through those issues. And um, yeah, I just really, I think the documenting that part is so important. Um, it's really powerful stuff. And, uh, and really, I think, um, you know, like I said, a lot of people, are aware of those things, but how they get communicated and kind of put out there, um, it isn't really easy for people to approach. And so I like, I like how you've been able to kind of, you know, bridge uh, and figure that out for yourself. And just you know, because it's, it could give someone else the opportunity to uh, relate to that too. And believe really? me, I think there's a huge amount of women out there who, um, who can relate to that. And don't get me wrong, I think everything is important too in the male space, but I think those issues are blockbuster issues. And uh, it's just a great way to tell that story and have people kind of, you know, are they able to kind of move through that with their own, at their own pace sort of thing. So out of respect to that, I mean, congratulations, great work on that level. And uh, anything you're working on, uh, I think now would work really well in the online space. So I think I've seen people do posts of, of new art that's come out that they can get out there for other reasons. I think as people work through these issues of being kind of shows being canceled and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you made that a priority at all? Kind of thinking about like doing online shows or anything like that. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to figure out what my place is in that space. Actually. I think in some ways I might do better being able to support those who are, posting online right now. I'm in the middle of working on other projects, but not necessarily my own body of work. So things like commissions and things. And so I think since I'm not feeling immediately inspired that I'd rather just keep supporting those who do feel inspired and and need that support. And so I think that's the approach I'm going to take for now until I have a reason to change that. I like that a lot because I mean, even if you're not, even if you don't have something going on right now, go and post on the things you really do like. Yeah. Leave, leave that two cents. 
of what you're most excited about because it could mean the biggest deal to somebody who spent a lot of time on that work. Totally. Um, so anyways, just kind of glancing over it. If you like it, you know, definitely leave a comment. And I love what you just said. Um, so well put. What are you most excited about now, like over the next coming months here? Um, anything you want to get particularly uh, kind of notes to, you know, where, where you're going to be at or online, you know, you could do your Instagram page or whatnot, where you're going to be so people can go and check your work out. Thanks. I am really excited about a lot of things. <laughs> so I will try to uh, make it a little bit more specific. Uh, honestly, I know that things are tough right now and that people are cooped up for excellent reasons for our health to help people. And I, I'm looking forward to what our new normal looks like in the coming months. I, I, I doubt that we'll all be able to just leave our homes and go back to normal life, but instead we'll kind of taper it. And so I'm, I'm kind of eager to interact with people who are renting from my space individually and maybe start doing some kind of like test workshops to see where people are and where they feel that they need the most support. So if that's just two hours of working on double backs together or spending time looking at patterns and figuring out ways to make it easier for yourself. So I think I'm really excited about one-on-one -on -one things with people in the coming months. I'm also really excited about having some space to just ideate on my own work. I feel like I've made a few large pieces lately that really took a lot of creative energy from me that I needed to express. And so I'm looking forward to having space to think of more fun work to share. And so, yeah, I guess it's kind of back to what I was saying before. I'm really excited about sort of pulling back and not feeling so stressed about the physical space and really focusing on my work. I'm also fighting with my vacuum system, which has been an interesting and fun infuriating challenge <laughs> so just like all those things those little things all those categories there's always something to be done and so yeah I'll be sharing more I'm going to do some partnerships with some people and definitely sharing more work from people who are only able to make work from their homes and really support those you know back to my back to my roots helping artists uh, Allison fantastic stuff if anyone's listening to you and they want to support Allison's shop at Radiant Neon, and you're in the Seattle area, go check out her website too. Do a quick Google search. Um, anyone who wants to learn or just wants some vending equipment, if you're really strapped when things go back online. If you can't, obviously we can't do much right now with traveling. Uh, everyone's locked down. Uh, there is online. You can rent and access by the day. Um, mm -hmm. You probably you know, buy limited amounts of time there um, so that when things do come up online, you can support local artists that way and Allison's work. Um, give her a follow at Radiant Neon on Instagram. And uh, just appreciate your work, Allison. Great stuff. Thanks, so Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks again. Hey, guys. Mono Neon would like to give a shout out to people who have left reviews, which helps give context as to why this is a worthwhile podcast. Uh, I think the cosine is a very big deal. And so here's a, a favorite review that we want to highlight from a robot voice generator. Today's review titled Mondo Neon Casts, written by Yuki Jubdine, says interesting guests and love the tunes. Neon is fascinating, and what better place to hear about the topic but New York City. Thanks for the insight, and keep the casts rolling. Thanks for writing in, and keep leaving reviews, cause yours could be next.